you have to kind of change your view on what hacking is and what hackathons are. A lot of people, they go into it with this mindset that it's a competition about projects. We try to encourage people not to think about it that way, to flip it on its head and actually think about it as a benefit to people first and what it is that they're going to learn. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Linda Thackeray. I work with the Microsoft Garage, located in NERD, which is the New England Research and Development Center. And we're one of seven garages worldwide. And I've been at the company for, gosh, it'll be 21 years coming this August. At our workshop hosted by Facebook in Chicago, Linda tells us how organizations can prepare for hackathons and how they can free up free time for employees to innovate. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us today. So if you could share a little bit about the hackathon mm-hmm. and what are some of the key iterations and pivots that you've seen throughout the years? Oh my goodness, that's a really, really great question. So we, when we first started producing hackathons five years ago, 2014 was our very first hackathon, and really our vision and our determination for that one was to have no rules. Like all we cared about at that point was that people show up. It's like, whatever could possibly be a roadblock for you in coming to hack, we want to focus on actually removing those roadblocks and getting as many people to participate as possible. And so that was our focus on the first one. But then we realized after that, that you know, as good as that was, there are some people at the company that like a little bit of structure. And we found that um, uh, through our investigation and actually speaking with hackers, some of the challenges that they faced were setting up dev environments and things like that. And so the next iteration of the hackathon, we focused on not only putting some structure in place for those that need it, but then also providing ready-made dev environments for people that wanted to just get hacking um, early. The next year after that, we pivoted again and really started focusing on organizations and understanding what the organizational needs were and asking them to share, you know, if if they had any challenges or if they wanted to share their roadmap and get input and perspective from hackers from around the company outside of their own org and, um, and spend some time hacking on those things. And so, so every year we tweak it just a little bit more based on the feedback that we get. Um, and clearly it's working because every year we have thousands more that participate. Uh, and so the momentum is just continuing to grow. Thank you for sharing. And so what would you say are the first steps to getting started? Um, and what kind of preparations would you say need to be undertaken? More so on an internal basis to get that buy-in across the organization. Yeah, so I would say the first thing to get started is really to figure out how to ask for ideas and really focus on the people. So there's there's two things. One is, is you have to kind of change your view on what hacking is and what hackathons are. A lot of people, they go into it with this mindset that it's a competition about projects. And we try to really um, encourage people not to think about it that way, to flip it on its head and actually think about it as a benefit to people first and what it is that they're going to learn. And so figuring out how to make it a personal thing and ask for ideas from people, because really at its core, that's what hacking is, right? It's taking hacks, I'm sorry, taking ideas from people's head and actually doing something with those regardless of what technology is used or where the idea came from and just giving people the freedom to actually do that. So I would say first and foremost is change your thinking in terms of what hacking is and what you can accomplish with it and then focus your time and energy on the people and asking for those ideas out of the people that participate. Okay, thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. And so which parts of the organization would you say take the opportunity 
and how much time is freed up from their daily jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we run hacking in two forms, really. So we run the global hackathon, which is one week out of the year, and it's a 48-hour hackathon. So from start to finish, 48 hours, and then the following day, we do a, a science fair, right, where everyone can come and they can see what it is that people have been hacking on for the, the two days prior. But then, but hack, it doesn't have to be that. So then we also run hackathons 52 weeks out of the year, and it could be anywhere from a couple of hours in an afternoon, uh, you know, anywhere from, we've, we've hosted week-long hackathons as well, too. And so it really depends on what the outcomes you're hoping to achieve with the hackathon. Some of them come very directed, like we really want, you know, we've got this one issue with this piece of technology, and we want to spend a week deep diving and hacking into figuring out how to get past that challenge to, you know, hey, this is just an opportunity for you to learn and try new things and meet new people and come with your own idea. You know, we're not going dictate, to dictate what that is. And I would say for the most part, there, there are, most of the teams at Microsoft participate in some way. Some teams move quicker than others. Um, and a lot of times, too, that it, um, it depends on where the life cycle is of the product that they're currently working sure. on. So depending on when we have the hackathon, if they're like in deep release mode, you know, they likely won't have an opportunity to participate at that time. Um, but yeah, so. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again. And so how would you say um, those teams are assembled and how and where do they work? Um, what would you say their main motivations and goals are? Oh, that's a really, really great question. So one of the things that we really put a lot of time and energy into is the, t the creation of the team, right? So we really uh, encourage people to think outside of their current org structure and their current discipline and their current skill level and reach out and find other individuals that can come and participate on their team with them. And one of the things that we've done is, is this platform that we've created, you know, in that platform, it gives people the opportunity to actually solicit technology or experience that they need in order to move their hack forward. So like, for example, if I have an idea and you know, if, as part of that idea, I need somebody with you know, location services experience. I can actually, when I put my project out there, I can seek for, hey, I'm looking for somebody that's got this particular skill set. Um, and then I can find people in the company that have that skill set and reach out to them directly and say, hey, would you, would you like to join my hack team? And so, so the teams are formed in lots of different ways. Mostly they're organic, you know, they may, you know, maybe just, you know, friends getting together to hack on something, or it may be very intentional of like, this, this idea is gonna be awesome, and I need to find specific skill sets of people to come and join my team. Of course, that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. And so, what leadership roles would you say are important in supporting and organizing those innovations? Oh, leadership, I would say, first and foremost, is for, you know, any leaders can can be great at you know allowing their people to to participate in hackathons. I say for the first uh, for the most part though, those leaders that actually have the vision of how hacking can help their organization outside of the projects that come from it, those are the ones that benefit the most. It's like they that they have a realization that just by virtue of having their their team members come back energized and full of passion and loving what it is that they've done and they've learned something new and they met new people that that actually translates into business value they're happier about what they do and things like that as well too so the managers and the leaders who understand that benefit in addition to the outcomes of the project, things like that, I think those are the ones that are best supportive of, of this kind of way of thinking. Yeah, I would definitely say those are some great leadership yeah. um, assets to have. 
And so um, even to piggyback off of that, what would you say motivates employees? Um, how are they typically rewarded for any unusual efforts? Yeah, oh, that's a really, really good question. So when we first started this hackathon, we thought that um, that we that people everyone wanted to be rewarded with you know money and so we're thinking okay so so we ran this little survey to say okay so if we're going to run this hackathon and we you know pick out some winners and things like that what would you want to have as the as the, the prize per se and we really thought that people would come back and say oh i want ten thousand dollars or you know whatever it may be um, but what we found shockingly was that that's not what they wanted they wanted to have the connections to the right people to help them continue to move their idea forward. And so that's how we recognize projects now um, as, as we come out of hackathons. Those projects that we find that we think have legs, what we do is, is we actually connect them with the right individuals or the right leaders at the company or the right teams at the company that have either the skill set or the technology or the roadmap that's conducive for whatever it is that they've worked on that they can connect with and, and help them to move their, their projects forward. What would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned in your current role? Oh, the most important lesson that I've learned in my current role. I would have to say that it is, I was going to say the word shocking, but I shouldn't say that. But it's, it's surprising just how much culture is tied to activities that the employees do. That it, it has been interesting to see just the culture shift that we've seen at Microsoft just by virtue of putting programs in place to help employees kind of practice those cultural aspirations that hacking and hackathons have allowed us to do in a big way. Um, yeah, I have to say that that's, that's probably been the biggest thing that I've learned is just that it's actually possible to move a culture. Because <laughs> sometimes you think, oh, culture, you can't really move that. It is what it is. It's not that. You really can move a culture just by putting programs in place to kind of help drive it forward. So, yeah. Valuable lesson. I it is, say. yes. Honestly, it's truly innovation. It is, yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Linda. That actually concludes our interview. Yay. It's been a pleasure. It has been. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.